Exclusive to Jacaranda FM. It's the drive with Rob and Roz. Jacaranda FM. It's the drive with Rob and Roz, and exclusive to Jacaranda FM. It's the drive with Rob and Roz. Jacaranda FM. It's the worst thing ever. Pre-recording, and even the producers want to. Ah, let's do that again. It was not so successful. Nobody, if it was live, you would have said. Brilliant. Exactly. Brilliant. Keep it going. on. Okay, let's try that again. It's The Drive with Robin Ruz, and we're very happy to welcome this afternoon a very special guest, Kobani Bobo. Welcome and happy birthday, dude. Yeah, um, thank you so much. Uh, another 365 days around the sun and um, getting wiser and getting more patience and understanding what patience means. And I'm so happy to be here. Finally, Robin Ruz, I'm right here. Hi. In the studio, not only on the phone, we normally speak to Kobani on the phone when we've got rugby queries and then we have to make... Um, Way for the kids because the kids yeah. are either in the background, yeah. and you say, I'm coming as a parent myself, you say, I'm learning patience. It's the best patience learning school is having kids because you also have a boy and a girl. Yeah, and they are two total different human beings. I had to sort of get that through into my skull, as thick as it is, um, just to understand that, you know, the other person is different from another. Um, other one is very independent. Other one, she's very needy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any kids, so I can't relate. But I, I can understand the idea of like, because you must be so terrified that you're going to keep the first one alive. Yes. And then when it works, yes. then the next one comes along, you're like, oh, I'll just repeat that. Yeah. And then it doesn't work. It's such a thing. It's like, <clears throat> I always say um, having a child is the most petrifying and the most exhilarating thing at the same time. Because you are just looking at yourself and thinking, oh my goodness. I remember celebrating the first two days mm. to a month. And then a year was like, I looked at my wife and I said, Simone, we did it. <laughs> we got you, we got you. Kobani, do they know that you are this rugby hero, a springbok, a TV commentator, just this cool now, rugby do they, guy? Do they get it? Um, I think... I think also sort of gets it because most of the time he's seen me. I've he's seen me um, doing some work on TV, and he's sort of like he'll be cheering, and someone else would sort of take a uh, record, a video, and all of that. But the funniest bits, I think, why I think I think he knows is that he is a massive fan of motorsports, but not just the motorsports, with the commentary with it. And after that, when he races those cars and forks and sugars and everything <laughs> that he can find to be a motor car, I uh, have to do interviews with him. <laughs> so, <laughs> for free. He, he, brings out, he brings out a mic and he says, Daddy, it's time for me to be interviewed. And he'll tell me how the race went, how he started from the back and went on to win it. And, and, and so I guess he understands what I do. Uh, Orna is just, she's just surprised that sometimes she sees me on TV while I'm at home. <laughs> Dad, but but who's who's that? Yeah, it's like, like Spider Man. What are you doing? <laughs> yes, why are you here when you're there? Listen, I've seen those fork races on the social media, and they are absolutely hilarious. They've literally like had to get more forks because the forks were just disappearing <laughs> oh. because Osu was busy racing these forks around. Yeah, and 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 is pedantic about that. They have to have a formation and it has to be a track. And if you move one, so I just used to try and see how OCD is, and I just tick one just 
put it out of kilter and then he just loses his <laughs> mind. So I thought I should stop. Otherwise, I'll get a fuck in my eye. Daddy, it's look, a- the Ferrari fork forgot to bring its tires to the pits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm seeing future F1 team principal in my head. Um, well, happy birthday. Thank you so much. Glad to have you with us this afternoon. We brought Bubs in to talk ostensibly about uh, the World Cup yeah. because there's some rugby on at the moment. I don't know if anyone has noticed. Small, small thing. Little, little one at the moment. Yeah. I have a question, right? Yeah. So by the time these oaks have been told they need to show up at Supersport HQ for an announcement, now you know you're in the squad. Yeah. You've been a professional rugby player yeah. your whole life. You are now going to the World Cup. You're one of the best players on the planet no one's teaching you anything so like what are oaks doing in the period where they're with Russi and with jacques for the weeks in the build-up to the tournament because i'm not teaching you line out calls i'm not telling you you are the second defender on the open side you know that so like what are we doing well there is so much rugby has has grown so much i mean ever since i retired in 2011 um i used to always say Every preseason, you're away from the game. The game moves away from you because there is so much innovation that happens, um, ways of working out. I mean, I always say that we're the guinea pigs of being professional rugby players because we're the first of the young professional players in the 90s who came into the setup. So we had to do all the creatine and all the supplements, and then you find out other things don't really do work. Uh, with, this, with these players, because they are such... Um, like you said, best in the world. So you have to stay ahead of the curve. Mm. So what Rassi Erasmus does and Jacques Ninaba... Because you worked with Rassi. They are meticulous in terms of finding out information and getting to make sure that these players understand in detail what they need to do. And in that way, they can embrace it. But they use so many things now because the players... If you think about our Springbok squad, there's more than good 11, 12 players were past 60, 70 caps. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now that is like, these players now own their game plan. So when everything has to be presented to them, there has to be no holes in that presentation in your planning because they can step up now and show and, and hear and and add their voices to it. So those others, um, especially for the coaches, it's so hard to stay ahead of the curve. Because everyone has got access to what you do. And, and, and that makes you have to make sure that you have different tweaks. Some of them are sublime, it's like subliminal that you can't really see. For instance, we've got this defensive pattern with the South Africa where we shoot out of the line. But when we play against Finn Russell, what we did in the set piece we sort of like played cat and mouse, sort of showed him that we're coming up, but at the same time, we stayed back. And then at the same time, with that said, Rassi went and picked four fullbacks. Vili Leroy on the bench, Kurt Lee Aronser, um, you had Cheslin Colby and Diamond Willemser. So these players have got such good special awareness and understanding the space and understanding when to drop back and understanding what the man at 10 was trying to do. So in that way, they can outfox the... The fox. (laughs) (laughs) And it makes sense because I suppose at this level, you're you're literally just looking for marginal gains. It is. The whole time. It is. It's about your recovery. Um, I mean, that was nothing that was said back in the days what recovery was. It was about, I mean, it was the first time that players were professional. It was about a nine to five and you can't have 
players running from nine till five. They they have to find ways how they can recover, how you can gain and and keep them engaged, mm. uh, and make sure that these players can learn something. They can become better people because uh, emotional intelligence has become something that now coaches have to deal with. Um, different cultures, different diversities, uh, dynamics of people's personalities within the squad. Yeah. So w- with that, um, it just becomes such a bigger organization. Um, you have to make sure that. You have your dietitians, your physio, your recovery, uh, intake of supplements, knowing the person, uh, what makes them tick. And what has happened is they've grown so much leadership within this group to think that Bongi Bonambi was the the captain after Sia went off. Yeah. Whilst Dwayne Vermeulen was on the field, which is another captain of the Springboks who, who was captain the Springboks. So there is so much that is happening with this squad. And um, like I was saying to Roz just before we, we came on, um, yeah, we must just let the flow go and then we just be part of it instead of us chasing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On that, do you have any underdogs in your head that you think we need to be just a little bit wary of at the World Cup? Like, where we mustn't just go in there thinking, yo, can I say Vindhat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there are, but it's funny enough, this first week I thought of, um, we'll see some upsets. Um, I was really rooting for Fiji. Uh, I thought they were had done. I think in we all so were, many hey? ways. Mm. It's just it's just what they have done and, and how they've given themselves an opportunity. Um, we know that they're world stars. I mean, they're Olympic world champions. They're gold medalists. And they've done that in a few times. So for me, I just always wanted to see that 15 man, especially from the Pacific Islands, uh, just coming through and, and showcasing what they really do because they just play such a beautiful brand of rugby. Um, and rugby can be enjoyed in so many different ways. We are the physical sort of impose our will. And then on the other side, the sublime skills from the Fijians, um, the well-organized island. Um, another another team that I thought might have had a chance was Argentina. And they blow up uh, with against 40 men against England. To me, that implosion was something to behold because... You think of those players and what they've done in their past and their history. I don't really see, after watching that first um, first round of, of World uh, Rugby World Cup, I don't really see the underdogs really stepping up. It will be one side having a way, way bad day uh, and someone else having the most amazing. Yeah. How, how do you feel about, and I mean, this was a big talking point before the tournament got started and it's still a talking point now as the results come in, but having made the draw so far back, and now we've got yeah. this sort of lopsided everyone on the one side, no one on the other side. Like it's it's not ideal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the tenth rugby World Cup. Nineteen eighty seven was the first one. Um, the if you think about how professional football started way back in the days, and they still mess it up. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is still teething problems for world rugby but um, they've come to their senses that the next uh, rugby world cup the draw will be done the year before so the the seedings will be true to form 
yeah, yeah. which is what everyone wants and you want to make sure that you have the best teams in the tournament so that you can keep um, the imagination of the public yeah because I, I mean it makes sense look I get why you draw it early you want to give fans enough time to book hotels and travel and all that kind of stuff and know which cities they need to be in etc etc um, but yeah you do want a little more a little more balance in terms of who's going to end up playing who now because now with New Zealand having lost on opening night which was a little bit of a surprise like it looks like we're lining them up early you know if we beat Ireland then all of a sudden the All Blacks are right there waiting for us yeah I mean that's that's the the way that that happened the draw um, I mean you've got the top five sides that could meet up in the quarterfinals mm. I mean Ireland could play against um Who's else against France, and we can play against New Zealand, uh, depending on what Scotland does against Ireland, depending on what we do against Ireland. So there's so much, which, which does does for for the avid fan, you just want to see the best teams making that top eight. Yeah. You want to see the top eight teams being in that situation. But that's how it is. Um, players, uh, teams are getting double points now uh, because it's the World Cup. If you make, a, if you win and then you sort of uh, sort of get up. But at the end, it's all about Bill. And Bill is Web William Ellis, the World Cup, the trophy. Nicknamed Bill by the Australians. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a game day watching routine? Because now you were a Springbok. Yeah. You are now very involved in rugby still as your career with the TV stuff. Do you actually watch, the, like when there's a game where you're not working, right? Yeah. Do you sit and watch by yourself? Do you analyze or do you get a whole bunch of people? Or are you sitting on your it, phone scrolling Twitter while you're watching <laughs> like the rest of us? Um, what are you doing? How are you watching uh, yeah. these games? It's quite, it's quite interesting. Um, I watch the Springboks at home. Um, I sort of told the family that um, they wanted to go do something, uh, take the kids out. I said, um, not on my watch. Um, <laughs> I, I need to watch this game. Uh, so what happens? I like to watch the game with my family, with my kids, my wife, um, so that I can explain and sort of talk to through it. Because I always say I'm, I'm in such I'm in such a privileged situation to to be paid for something that I was going to do anyway. I was going to sit at home with the mates and, and break down the game and yeah. talk about it. And so my whole thing of loving to watch it with my family is that I can explain in, in sort of like layman's terms so that it can get across because, I mean, as you know, um, my, my wife is a creative, so she's not really that interested in sports. So to sort of put it in perspective for her, it, it makes my job easy so that I can change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> well listen um one more question shame if you're a country like romania who we are playing on sunday um there's not a strong rugby sort of history or tradition there it must be very exciting coming to the world cup but having to go up against someone like the Springboks, like you know you're in for a long day how do you how do you motivate yourself when you know you're going to have a bad day Interesting enough, um, Romania is quite uh, deep and steeped in, in rugby. Um, most of the East European countries are, uh, yeah. especially they, they're quite imposing physical human mm. beings and they, they don't mind the confrontational and the physicality of the game. Uh, it's the best way to express yourself for them. Um, can you imagine you up against the world champions? You just need to make a name for yourself because there's, 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 
there's small wins for 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 teams like Romania, yeah. holding you down to uh, twenty points or making sure winning that a couple of scrums, winning a couple stealing, of scrums, stealing your line out ball. So those little yeah. small things, it, it could help the individual. Um, to even be seen by the big clubs who are all watching this game. So there is so much for them to gain and so much to lose for the Springboks. So I've, I've played against Romania from, from ages of under-19, in the under-19 World Cups, in under-21s, and playing against them in seven series and, and understanding how much they're so passionate about this game. Uh, and to for them, going to the World Cup and even just qualifying yeah. for the World Cup, think about they don't have the same revenue. Yeah, they no, don't have the same resources of having those players, making sure those players get fit enough, making sure that they can stay ahead of the curve, and for them to just be one day to be mentioned amongst the world champions, you can make up your mind of how much it's going to mean to them. They're going to come up with so much passion, and they know that South Africa plays a very physical game. Best way to judge yourself is against the Springboks. They do also have a guy called Johan van Hierden on their team. Standard. So we mustn't. <laughs> honestly, we mustn't take them at face value. I, I think there are there are more South Africans playing for countries not South Africa than yeah. any other team. There, there was a stat that was out there. Um, I think South Africa is one of the only teams that's got only South Africans in his team in the team. Um, we once used to import a, a man called Tenderai, the beast of Italia from Zimbabwe. That was a good import. Yeah, that was a great one. And um, but but it is what it is. Um, I always look at it. I mean, against Scotland, to think that Achie Sneeman and Piers Kuman played in the same team at Afis. Yeah. And in Manili Bok and Duan van der Mave, who played for Scotland and Mani for the South Africa, they played together at Otaniqua. But what a time to be alive that you can showcase your talents at the world stage no yeah. matter what country you're representing because at the same time everyone deserves a time to shine in the sun 100 percent. um are we the favorites well as a south african yes <laughs> um i guess as a neutral and as a rugby fan i think france is because mm-hmm. they're at home uh very impressive start that they had yeah. um just tactically how they played um, and what they understand and, and the group of players that they do have at the moment. Um, they seem to think that their stars are aligned. Um, this is the same squad that won in 2018 and 2019. It's under-20s in the World Cup and in the Junior World Cup, um, which they doubled up and they went three-time champions last uh, this year with the under-20s in France. So there's lots of things that's happening. They run the biggest league and the most expensive league with all the better players and intellectual property when it comes to world rugby. So all the New Zealanders, South Africans, anyone who wants to be uh, is in France. Yeah. Um, so I think the French are, are, are well-equipped. Ireland, they number one. Um, I think the more pressure we put on other teams, the less they focus on us. So at least the groups have worked out that we'll only have to beat Ireland, then beat France, and then beat whoever <laughs> the other side of the draw throws up. Yeah, Seems easy enough. Well, it's, this is this is this is where it's sort of if you have to think about what Jacques Ninaba and Rasi Erasmus has done. Um, I was saying this in tongue and cheek that. With our forwards, they play 40 minutes and then another pack comes in and plays 40 minutes. So yeah. by the time we play quarterfinals, the guys will have had two games each. I mean, that's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to keep your forwards nice and fresh. 
Kobani Bobo, thank you so much for joining us. I know that there are little people that would like you to be at home, so we're not going to keep you very much longer. It's been a privilege having you on The Drive with Robin Ross. So you guys are far too kind. And um, yeah, uh, interesting that you chose to be all over here um, in Midrand, which is, <laughs> I love it. Um, thank you for making me explore the, the Johannesburg <laughs> and, and Gauteng. I did get my passport stamped, but I should be fine. I'll let you get back to Johannesburg. Kobani Bobo, thank you for joining us. Exclusive to Jacaranda FM. It's The Drive with Rob and Roz. Jacaranda FM.